1: I was looking at this one person who now, like, has a recurring character on a network, you know, on a a cable show. And I was looking at my Facebook memories and literally she was like, thanks, Kelly Dunham, for introducing me to everyone in New York. I could have never made it without you. And uh, she has a Netflix special. And is also, like, looks like me, except for much younger and much thinner, right? Able-bodied.
2: That's Kelly Dunham. She's a 50-year-old comedian and storyteller in Brooklyn, and she's describing something I think a lot of us feel.
3: I know I feel it. It's called professional jealousy. You know, you get it when you scroll through social media and you see other people succeeding and you really wish it was you instead.
2: Yeah, it's really not productive, but it's hard not to compare yourself to other people.
3: But the thing about Kelly is she is incredibly accomplished in both her personal and professional life.
2: I'm a
1: comic and a writer and a nurse. Uh, I work in the public school system in New York City. Uh, I'm an ex-nun. Used to live on a boat, live in Flatbush, Brooklyn now. I think that's everything. That's the most important things about me. That's
4: a pretty good start, but
3: (laughs) yeah, that doesn't really cover everything. That's our partner Marcy you heard at the end there. And Marcy's right.
2: Yeah. So Kelly has a day job working with kids at a public school in Brooklyn. But in addition to that, she also has written seven books, many of which are bestsellers in their categories. She's performed in prestigious storytelling shows. And she was even recognized for her work by the Obama administration. So incredible. Yeah. And that doesn't even count all the unpaid work she does helping people in her community, accompanying people to hospital visits, helping young comics get their start, and so much more.
3: I mean, I. I am professionally jealous of Kelly. Oh, I know I am too. So how do you help someone struggling with professional jealousy that you are professionally a little jealous of? Can it be done? (laughs) Well, I think
2: we have our work cut out for us this week, Jolenta.
3: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I'm Kristen Meinzer and I'm Jalenta Greenberg for the past few years we've lived by the rules of more than 50 self-help books while making our other show by the book and it has been very
2: educational we've
3: realized it all boils down to one key idea it's not about figuring out what you're doing wrong and then fixing it it's more about seeing your entire self in a new light
2: each week we help a different listener tackle a predicament in their life We prescribe a set of self-love steps and help them as they follow our advice for two
3: weeks. Now, we definitely are not doctors. Nope, nope. Not therapists, Mm -mm. not gurus, not not specialists. We We are just people with some knowledge. And our guests are totally allowed to disagree with our advice and change it, and that's fine.
2: Yeah, we actually love when they do that because they're allowed to have opinions and question us along the way.
3: Because at the end of the day, we're not trying to get them to give up who they are for us at all. No, no,
2: no. In fact, our goal is the complete opposite. We want to help them get reacquainted with the fabulous person we all see. Because we love you. And so can you. So, things we know about Kelly. She's a phenomenal comedian and storyteller. She has an amazing ability to talk about heavy subjects like death and grief. And when I've seen her perform live, she had me both crazy laughing and ugly crying within seconds, back and forth and back and forth, just like nonstop.
1: Like, for example, one day when she was really, she had been on chemo for a long time and she wasn't feeling that well. And I called her from the supermarket and I said, um, is there anything uh, I can bring you? And there's this long silence and she says... Yeah, um how about a quarter pound of a will to live? And I was like, oh my god Wine <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, Well if she's going there, I'm gonna go there too and I was like, Oh honey, you know how it is. I'm at Trader Joe's and they only had organic and now now they're all out. <laughs> So just right
3: that. she came back, she's like, uh, damn, I had a coupon. <laughs> uh, the first time I saw Kelly perform, I could tell you exactly where I was, which is rare, because I've seen many a person perform. And she's what I call in my, in my stand-up life a sparkle pony. Have I told you about sparkle ponies? No, no. Basically, she's one of those magical people where you're going to see her perform one night or run into her at some party someday and be like, oh my God this person's amazing. I am struck by their insight and humor, and they have a special way of looking at the world that will indefinitely make them a voice of my generation of some sort. She truly is incredible. Truly. She really is. But even though she has all this
2: talent, Kelly also started doing comedy at a time when general audiences weren't quite open to someone who looks like her. In fact, she used to start her sets like this. I need you to um, ignore every physical cue and believe I'm an adult female and not a 12-year-old boy. It is incredible how youthful Kelly looks, but that's not the point. What this really means is that mainstream success didn't really feel like an option for her.
3: But Kelly has watched the world change in many ways, even though her face hasn't changed a day. Not in 35 years. Mm -mm. And now suddenly mainstream success for a queer comedian is a real possibility.
1: And it never seemed like that was going to be my path anyway. But now because it is a path for some people who look like me. Um, it seems, you know.
3: So it's kind of a blessing and a curse. It is great that there are opportunities, but now Kelly has some real envy because those opportunities weren't there before.
2: And that's why Kelly's partner, Marcy, nominated her for the show in the first place.
4: My name is Marcy. My partner is Kelly Dunham, and I'm nominating her because uh, I think that she needs to give herself more credit for the amazing things she's accomplished and, uh, and also learn not to compare herself in the exact same ways to the younger folks who are following in her path.
3: Okay, okay. So we very much wanted to meet with Kelly and Marcy because, one, they sound like a super supportive couple, and two, uh, we just needed to still learn some more about this predicament.
2: First, we wanted to hear all about how they met back in 2012.
4: Kelly was emceeing the Dyke Picnic up in Rochester, New York. Actual and, name, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I was tabling for the local, uh, uh, well, it's called Brawl. It's Broad's Regional Arm Wrestling League. Oh, and man. that's how we met, and we're like, that's the gayest thing ever. <laughs> After
2: hearing the best meet-cute story in the world, we got down to business.
4: What
3: exactly is it that Kelly feels when she sees someone on her social media feed getting a Netflix special or another big mainstream success?
1: So I feel like I have a career. I feel like it exists. Um, But then there also is a way in which, unless I change my behavior, Mm -hmm. right? Unless I do nine shows a night, you know, which physically also so much is inaccessible. I have like a little bit of a mobility problem. Um, and also I work a full-time day job.
3: I would say it's not sustainable for someone who, like, lives, like, any sort of semblance of a 9-to-5 life.
2: life. Yeah. yeah. And, Kelly, what would your
3: ideal outcome
2: be in all of this?
1: I, at first I thought it was, like, I need some – there's some behavior I need to change. Like, oh, you know, I really need to go after it. I'm jealous because I'm not going after it in that way. That, like, mm-hmm. you know, person X is or whatever. And then in kind of thinking a lot more about jealousy – I was realized, no, I really love my life. I love my job so much. It is like the, my day job is like the perfect job, exactly fit for me. It's like a Kelly-shaped piece of puzzle. <laughs> like it, there is a way in which I've chosen not to be as ambitious as I could be. And as like a Midwesterner, you know, as a, you know, like I've, cho- I've chosen happiness over kind of striving, which, you know, my mom's voice, you know, there's more life than being happy, you know, coming back at me. Oh,
2: gosh, I feel like I heard that <laughs> one before. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. You know it.
1: Uh so I would I mean it's not an action right but I would like to not be uh made unhappy by my Facebook feed you know mm. by other people's success Right right
3: yeah. How do you think this uh this jealousy or like this sort of like distraction is affecting the work you're putting out?
1: I'm sure this is true of you as well how I metabolize pain is performing right? right? So right, but I don't right. perform about this cuz I don't want to cuz it also sounds like a jerk like that I'm not happy for people's success. Mm. And I even when I'm not, I want to be, um, mm-hmm. and so I don't perform about it. And I think then that way it gets like clogged up because right. there are very few things that I don't perform about.
3: No, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, too. But it's yeah. like I
1: feel really ashamed. I mean, and also <laughs> there's like such crazy shit, and like this is the thing that I'm upset about. Really, the world is like falling in evil monster for president. But oh, I
2: don't have my own Netflix. That's all. <laughs> Um, But when you keep shame inside it, it turns it into... I was going to say, and then it it
3: builds or it becomes something like scarier than it needs to be. And it does, like, yeah, the more you tamp it down, the more it's like, I'm
1: here. Right. right. And also, I think there's probably some interaction with aging there with like feeling like, oh, Mm. am I... I mean, I live with two people in their 20s and every day I think, thank God I'm not in my 20s. Oh, yeah, me too. (laughs) Thank God. But... It does. I think it does overlap with that, and I think not writing about it and not performing about it, because um, I don't want to seem trifling, like
3: mm-hmm.
1: probably does kind of stick it in right. a way that. Because I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything I don't really perform about.
3: Marcy, what's your read of the situation? Like from from the out, from someone who's outside of it but very close to it. Like, what do you see happening?
4: Yeah, I think part of it is, um, in her work over time. Her reach is a lot further than she realizes, but I think sometimes, and that she doesn't always get credit for all of that, you know, because it's, that's the nature of it, right? You know, helping to to teach and boost others and inspire other people to start new projects. I mean, very big, big reach. I I always refer to Kelly as as in my mind. I've started to verbalize it recently but clergy for the queer people, you know. <laughs> oh um, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> in a way, you know, she's like that person that people think of like, oh, I need advice from someone. Who do we go to? Kelly Dunham.
2: How does it make you feel when you're talking about professional jealousy and insecurity to hear the other uh, people in the room, all telling you how amazing you are and how accomplished you are, and that we've all seen your work before and yeah. we like we th- know who you are. We, we actually think you're outstanding
3: already.
1: I mean, of course, that feels great, and also I'm completely embarrassed. Yeah, she will not look
3: at us right now, Marcy. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Look
1: at at that cute pink glow. I know. know, Well, now, yeah. (laughs) You know, of course, then that feel makes me feel like I'm high maintenance. That people have to tell me I'm awesome. Like I should already know I'm awesome, and I do. I feel like I don't. I mean, I feel like one of
3: my, like, you know, Marcy is shaking her head no. (laughs) So I do need to. uh, I do not no, but but just shaking shaking my head
4: like it's so true. Like you're just so. You get so embarrassed and, uh, yeah, just, like, uncomfortable with praise.
1: Yeah. Well, because it feels like being high maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, so I simultaneously kind of have this.
4: Which is, like, the total opposite.
3: So, wait, like, (laughs) acknowledging just something good about someone is high maintenance? Well... It feels like... You, that's what you're worried about. Yeah,
1: like, about being high-maintenance. It's like definitely, you know performers who oh, are for like, sure. no, if you do vain. not compliment their set, that you are not going to have a
3: conversation. Yeah, but right? like, but what did you think? And tell me something nice first, <laughs> and then we can <laughs> progress with our evening. Oh, I love them both so much. Me too. And, you know, I think this conversation really helped us get where Kelly was coming from, you know? Not just as a person, but also as a comedian and a performer. You know, Kelly has so much success with her work in her own niches, performing at Pride events and speaking at rainbow graduations, and she's even emceed funerals. Who does that? That's amazing. Emceeing funerals? Unheard of. But... There's still that little voice in her head reminding her she doesn't have that Netflix special. You know, she doesn't have that mainstream, quote unquote, success that, honestly, I think she deserves. But you know what they say, compare and despair, right? Wrong.
2: What? We're going to help Kelly out of this rut. We're going to shake loose those Midwestern tendencies to be modest. I know them so well. And we're going to call up Netflix and demand she gets a special. I don't know about that. I was going to Hmm. say we're going to give her our prescription. Okay,
3: fine. Let's get her on the phone then. Can you call her, Lindsay? Oh, hey.
2: How are you doing? I'm good. How are you all? So we've convened. We have. And um, we are very excited to share with you a prescription that we hope will help you with your predicament here.
3: Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hi, are you, are you? Hi, are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you? Both. Uh, Both. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> even the original conversation was like pretty. I was like, oh, that was actually
5: kind of helpful to have it reframed in that way, or Yay. just to like, have the so, yeah. Mm? Oh, that's.
3: I love hearing that. Oh, we, we that love is that. my new favorite thing to hear. Okay, so here is your week one prescription. Step one: taking stock. Even the most accomplished person can forget all of their sundry achievements when they're scrolling through Facebook and seeing everyone else's perfectly curated lives. So we want you to create a reminder. Make a list of all the accomplishments you are most proud of so you can look at those in your dark social media black hole moments. Okay. (laughs) Yeah? How does that feel? Does that sound doable? Yeah, that's doable. Yes.
2: All right. Well, I'm glad you think that's doable because we're going to take it up a level with step two, own your accomplishments. Now, I'm a Midwesterner, so I know that you're not supposed to show off. You don't want people to think you're special, right? Right? Wrong. Wrong, Kelly. You're so special, and we want you to shout it from the rooftops. Post about your successes on Twitter or Facebook, and invite your followers to compliment your achievements.
5: Um. Yeah, that sounds kind of mortifying, but okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Your third step for week one is find your own map. For this, We want you to create a map of everywhere you want to be in five years and how you're going to get there. And it's important to note that the emphasis here is on where you want to be, not where society or anyone else or the industry thinks you should be. You know, consider all the possible paths that lead to that future. There's likely more than one way to get there. So, Kelly, that's
2: your week one prescription. What do you think?
5: Yeah, and the one about, like, doing the tweets that, like, about how great I am, like, that, I don't know quite how that's going to work, but, you know,
2: I'll try it. Oh, she better try it. Oh, you know, based on everything I've learned about Kelly so far, I'd say she's really going to give this her all, even if she sounds a little skeptical here.
3: Yeah, I mean, I get it, but... Don't you think it's a little funny that boasting about her own successes on social media sounds like it will be the hardest part for her? That makes me very concerned. I love bragging. (laughs) I know. It's like she doesn't want to make others feel bad about her success. I mean, if that is not Midwestern, I don't know what is because I sure don't understand it. And I'm not Midwestern. But
2: hey, Kelly, Kelly, don't you worry. Don't feel bad about bragging. We'll be cheering for you.
3: Definitely. And... We'll hear all about how she handles week one after this break.
0: This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.
2: At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently. Edu.
3: We're back, and it's time to check on Kelly's progress with her first week of our steps. Yes. The
2: first audio diary we got from Kelly was for Step 1, Taking Stock.
1: Ugh, I am so annoyed at this step. I thought this was going to be the easy step, and I'm so annoyed. I'm just so annoyed. And I'm not sure why, Uh Maybe it's the language around what I feel proud about and versus what's an accomplishment. So I texted my sister. We're only 18 months apart and we were wired very, very similarly. Uh, and this is, she's the kind of person that I talk to about this stuff. And so, in the middle of texting about people who died on Mount Everest, I asked her about jealousy. And then this is the, talked about it for a bit. And then at the end of the conversation, she said, uh, I think the problem is society looks at moments in time when we, when really the big accomplishments is life well lived.
3: Yes, Kelly's sister! Oh, so wise. Wish she was my sister. Uh, and thankfully, this conversation really helped Kelly figure out what her list of accomplishments should include, while acknowledging that a lot of things she is proud of aren't tied to her storytelling career, her performance career.
1: Okay, so this is the reading of my accomplishments. I'm a co-founder of a storytelling show that's been running nine years in, multi- in New York City. We've never had less than 70 people at a show. Uh, and also, this show this is not just for performers. Every month we have folks who've never been on a stage in their life, and I work with them to help them figure out where their story is and kind of
3: find the arc in their story and
1: um, okay. People have said like, oh, if that
3: was the only accomplishment she listed in this audio diary, that would be very impressive. So impressive. But it's not. It is not even close to the only thing she lists.
1: I released four comedy CDs, uh, all of which are played regularly on Sirius Raw Dog Comedy Station. I wrote seven books, including one that won the American Journal of Nursing Book of the Year... And
2: one of which is a bestseller, consistently number one in its
1: category on Amazon.
2: Folks, this audio really diary goes on essays, for seven minutes, seven, seven, seven minutes. Seriously, she's still going. I created a series of zines about queer health, including
1: how to get queer, how to get healthcare for queer people under different set of circumstances, including um, for survivors of trauma, and they're free for the download. And people have credited them with helping them get life-saving healthcare, actually. Yeah, so and
3: uh, remember, she's leaving things out of this list, too. She has done so many different things professionally, and we are just getting her greatest hits here. So,
1: yeah,
2: that's my uncomfortable reading of my accomplishments. Okay, that was an amazing list, but she says she's uncomfortable reading all of her accomplishments out loud. So, of course, I'm curious— How is step two going to go? Can she get out there and brag to the world about these accomplishments?
3: Well, turns out Kelly put a bit of her own spin on this step. So I had a friend
1: who does qualitative analysis. I downloaded all my tweets and they picked 100 at random from every year since I've been on Twitter. And they said that like 23%
2: of them were self-promotional. And I actually don't want to go any more than that. Uh, what? A qualitative analysis for her tweets? Who does this? Kelly, this is more
3: proof you're an overachiever. So here's what she actually did to complete this step.
1: I think the part where I do get uncomfortable is when people are just kind of generally complimenting who I am in the world as opposed to, like, good show or, wow, I liked your book or whatever. So I decided to ask people what you think is, like, my special contribution to the world.
3: Oh, I love this. Kelly didn't want to tweet about how awesome she is herself, so she just crowdsourced it from the people who know her best. Get them to do the work for you, Kelly. So one person said, you have a true servant heart, and you seem to
1: utilize it pretty darn fully. You have a real gift for bringing people together for the sake of helping other people get what they need. Uh, Your special gift is helping and encouraging people to see and embrace the meaning, beauty, and bravery in their own stories. I would say that you're very helpful in high function and high-functioning, creative in an emergency. And when I say emergency, I mean life and death situation.
2: Uh, this audio uh, hey, diary also goes on for many, many minutes. Are you sensing
3: a pattern here? Uh-huh. We get it. Everyone loves and admires Kelly. I know I do. It's true. And she's taking the time and care to honor that admiration by recording all of these beautiful comments. I love it.
2: As good as it is to read out these nice things people said, the other part of that step was to really think about how it makes Kelly feel.
1: One of the things that I really like is that people, even who I don't know well, through their encounters with me feel loved. I feel like that that makes me feel like, okay, then everything else can kind of get in line behind that. Like That's who I want to be in the world. I mean, I fucking want to have a Netflix special too, but that's really who I want to be in the world. So, you know. If I had the Netflix special and didn't have that, I would be
2: disappointed in myself. So there's that. Ooh, Jolenta, that sounds like some progress there. I think Kelly got something out of this step. She's really gaining some perspective.
3: And we wanted to learn more, so that's why we asked her to stop by the studio to talk about her first week.
2: But before we could even start talking, Kelly pulled out her comedy notebook.
3: So I took all the
1: like the nice things that people said, and oh, then I um, cut and pasted that. them into this document, and then oh I laminated God. it, and then it kind of it goes it's here. It's so in official, my, yeah. So you carry it with you all the time? Ah, uh, yeah. It's in my comedy book now. Oh, I good. Love I love that. <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> That's I, amazing. And then I also took uh, the the, uh, the from step. One, the accomplishments, and I cut and pasted them, and I put them. They're in the cover of her notebook. Yeah, exactly. You Um, know what
2: I love about the fact that you laminated those? If I got to look at those every day I would cry so much yep they're, they're, and they're, be waterproof tear tears. <laughs> they're waterproof now oh,
3: they're waterproof I'm uh, just, I'm like just I kidding for looking it. at the, I know it's, it's just yeah it's the best
1: yeah and I, I thought it. it was also generous of people to take a moment to actually answer authentically you know mm-hmm. that was that was very generous I appreciate it yeah so. yeah and even when I was reading them I was trying not to sound sarcastic because mm-hmm. I was feeling so embarrassed and I was like Kelly people put them emotionally yeah they took the time to do
3: this for you yeah yeah Yes. And I i mean, even though it's uncomfortable, I feel like it speaks volumes that that's in your notebook. Like, I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah.
2: Love it. Love it. Okay, so those beautiful laminated cards were from your first two steps. Tell us about your third step, finding your own map. We asked you, Kelly, to create a map of where you want to be in five years and how you're going to get there.
1: So my, my general plan is very, you know, laid out and... You know, in bullet points. and mm-hmm.
3: We got the spreadsheets. Spreadsheet, so we can cross yeah. them. So yeah. I was
1: like, all right, I'm just going to do it with three by five cards um, in order to kind of maybe free up a different part of my brain. And mm-hmm. so I started thinking about, okay, so if I'm using a Netflix special, obviously only 24 people are going to have Netflix specials any given year, right, or yeah. however many. And so it's not that that's – I mean, it kind of is a goal even though I know that I – my life is such that I'm not going to do the kind of things that would necessarily – easily lead to that or directly lead to that but so I try to try to think about what what that's a symbol of like what is mm. it that I want and so what I came up with is that it's eyeballs yeah. um and
3: it's okay. I want more eyeballs yes. because I feel like I have something to say I agree mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. fully support this Yes. Yes. I and mean, that's there's no shame in saying that.
2: And yeah. did you feel then after putting it into terms of eyeballs, did that change things for you? Meaning I don't need the Netflix special, I just need more live shows or I need a different kind of format. What 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 did that mean to you?
1: Well, what I started thinking about is, okay, so how could more eyeballs happen?
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I started thinking about the things that I'm doing that other people aren't doing, mm. um, and including some of the stuff that I've kind of have not been performing about as much. And then the other thing is I was thinking about, so because I've sold the first seven books without an agent, I always have felt like, well, nobody nobody knows how to market my work better than me, which is so ridiculous, because how can I possibly be an expert on everything, even though sometimes I think I am? That's ludicrous. And so I started thinking, like, why don't I have an agent? I've sold, I have a book that's like a literally the the best selling in its category on Amazon, like literally a bestseller. Why don't I have an agent? Yeah, because I've never sent a single email to an agent. That's why. Um you and then, me? Why, why, but why not? Um well, this is the thread that I'm seeing. There's like this stubbornness and pride that if I can't do it by myself, then it's then and somebody's like helping me do
2: it. Then it's just like a giveaway. You know? Right. It's, a, it's not earned. It's right, not. Exactly. Yeah, I
3: understand that. I mean.
2: Can I just take that question a step further? Yes. How good does it make you feel to be able to help people? Oh. And why won't you give that gift to other people? So I was, yes, I you are right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if we could drop these mics, I would have dropped all three.
1: <laughs> so I was actually thinking about that. my Way back from Fire Island, I had my cane with me and, um. I accidentally—I don't even know how this happened. I accidentally dropped it over like the so you're standing on the platform, and then there's like the platform is above, and I dropped it into the parking lot, and the train was about to come, and I was like, "Well, i, I can't I run that no fucking fast. Now. Yeah. I have no cane. They, they're 1297 and linked Dwayne Reed, and a woman saw what happened, and then I was like so mortified, and she's like. You're going to need that, right? And I was like, they say, you know. <laughs> right. And so she ran, and I was like, you're going to miss the no. I, you. And she's like, oh, I'm going to get this. And so she ran, 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 came back with my cane. Totally fine. She did not miss the train. I was so mortified until I saw her face, right? Oh. And she was so happy to yeah. be able to do that. She was so happy.
3: Oh, snap. So... In letting that woman help you, you are really kind of helping her, too.
2: Very interesting, Kelly. Very interesting. Wow. A lot of this was hard, but a lot of it sounds like it took you somewhere.
1: Oh, yeah. It was definitely helpful. Definitely. Good.
2: Good. Good. And so you feel like the steps are helping so far. Are you feeling um, excited then about week two and more nervous about week two? What are your feelings going in now?
1: Well, I've, I have gotten to the point where I'm like, Kelly, this isn't going to be easy. That's not the point. You're, right. You're, and also, like, I want to be committed to it. Like, kind of throw myself in. So I feel like I already jumped in the pool now. So um, Just yeah. not I
2: don't as know where well the analogy going to be. I don't know. I keep treading water. Keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm drowning.
3: Dry off. I don't know. Yeah, we could
2: I mean, go anywhere. So you're ready to go into week two then. I
3: am. Yeah. There is so much to unpack after that conversation. Yeah, totally. Kelly is such a giver that even when
2: people are giving her help, she's somehow able to turn it on them and give them something in return. It's just, she's incredible.
3: Yes, yes. But I think it's also a good reminder for her that that being open to asking for help and letting people help out the way she does so much for others is an opportunity in itself to give people the joy she feels from helping, you know? Yeah.
2: And, you know, the more joy, the better. What's wrong with letting other people feel that love, feel that joy?
3: But I also think it's important that Kelly's starting to understand that it is okay to receive help and even ask for it. And in a way, that's also helping people, you yes. know? Yes. Yes. Plus, now that she has a clearer
2: idea of what she wants. There's no reason for her to go it alone. Why not enlist those people?
3: People mm-hmm. want to help her. Totally. Yeah. Kristen, I mean, I think it's just time to call Kelly and give her her week two prescription because because we might give her some pushes towards asking oh, for help. I we will. Know. No spoilers. <laughs> Let's do it. Hello? How
2: are you all? Kelly. Kelly, hi. <laughs> are you ready for your week two prescription? Yeah. Good. Let's get started with step four. Process it. Since you usually write comedy sets to metabolize your pain, that's exactly what you're going to do with this step. You don't have to perform it, or you could perform it for yourself or for Marcy if you want to. But the important part is that you feel all the things you need to feel.
5: Yeah, that's what's kind of hilarious is like the such the like the um, what do you call it? Like you know how people have their own spots that they can't see well. Like I was just like, oh, that's really. Oh, yeah, of course I could write comedy that I wouldn't, because I would not want to perform it because it's so mm-hmm. so trifling, right? Uh, but of, it just like until this moment, I was like, oh, of course I could write comedy about something that I'm not actually going to perform. But up until this moment, that had never occurred to me. <laughs> yeah, uh,
3: me either. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was my idea. Yeah, because that's I'm all a <laughs> Kristen, because
3: I'm like, what? Why would you not perform it? I don't know. Because you're feeling Why write matter. it? I don't
2: follow. Your feelings matter just as much as an audience does, possibly more, Kelly. Maybe.
5: <laughs> oh, fascinating, yes. Yeah, that's a fascinating uh, theory.
3: <laughs> All right. Step five, find common ground. You are surely not the only comedian feeling this way, Kelly. So reach out to your community. Talk to comedians, storytellers, performers. Ask them about their own experiences with professional jealousy. And remember that this is such a normal experience. You are not flawed. It's just part of the job.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes
3: sense. Awesome. And
2: now, step six, role reversal. We want you to stop worrying so much about younger comics getting mainstream success and start looking toward people with a trajectory more like yours. People who attained mainstream success later in life, like Viola Davis or Vivian Westwood or Jane Lynch. How's that sound? Yeah,
5: yeah. I think that, that's, yeah, that also sounds like, a, like an interesting reframing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Step seven. Reach out. For this step, you're going to let one of those younger comics help you. See if one of them would make the time to sit down and talk about how far they've come since you first met and see if they have any advice for you. You know, maybe they want to book you on their show. Who knows?
2: See them as allies as part of your community. This is a community that you helped build, Mm -hmm. and they're just members of the community. Can you think of it that way?
5: Uh, Yeah, I can try that.
2: Nice. (laughs) You sound really comfortable with that last step. Yeah. So that was Kelly's week two prescription, and it's going to involve even more of what Kelly was talking about at the beginning, asking for help and advice. But I'm hoping that she's made that initial realization that asking for help is something she could do more of, and just maybe that receiving help feels pretty good too. I'm hoping that stays with her through this next week.
3: Yeah, I do too. You know, we're all laughing there at the end, but I can totally understand how hard that's going to be. Uh, Asking for help when you work in such a, such a sort of solitary industry and you're really expected to like write on your own, make your success on your own, book yourself on your own, Like, when you ask for help, it it sort of automatically starts to feel like a failing because you're like, I'm supposed to be super independent. I don't need anyone to help me with my career because I'm a lone wolf comedian storyteller person.
2: Yeah. And add to all that, let's not forget her Midwestern upbringing.
3: yeah. (laughs) That's 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 a hurdle to get over. But we will get to that and more after this break. But before that, have you ever
2: suffered from professional jealousy? I know I have. Jalinta,
3: you have. Totally. How'd you deal with it? How'd you not deal with it? Did you run and hide? Let us know. Hit us up via email at weloveyoupot at gmail.com.
0: This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.
2: At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. We are back, and it's time to see how week two has been treating Kelly.
3: Okay, so up first was step four, process it.
2: Yes, and that's the step where Kelly spent some time writing out a set about her envious feelings, and, well, she had a pretty huge epiphany.
1: I realized, well, I feel isolated because in all these instances where I could be getting help or I could be talking with people, you know, uh, like, talking with actual humans in my life, of which there are many, and asking for help and explaining that I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm keeping it all to myself. So I was really excited because I thought I had a new problem. Oh my God, at 50, I have a new problem. This is not a new problem. This is a known bug in the system. I know that asking for help has like, it It is a thing I have, like, asking for help is hard for me. I mean, podcasts are my fucking religion, but why are, and this has actually been totally fucking helpful to me, but, like, why am I asking strangers, you know? Um, I don't know, like, what, do I have to get, maybe I'll just get a tattoo that says ask for help and like, some place where I'll see it every day. Uh,
3: yeah, I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I kind of had a feeling that might be the case.
2: Yeah. In that first conversation we all had together, we talked a little bit about the shame that bubbles up when we keep something inside.
3: Definitely. And uh, sometimes the more you keep it in, the harder it gets to talk about, you know, the bigger and more looming it starts to feel. Yes. It
2: just feels too huge to let the world see. But after processing her feelings, Kelly tried out step five, find common ground. And despite her big realization that she feels isolated and has trouble reaching out for help, Kelly still killed it with the step. Uh, She sure did. Here's part of a conversation she had with her friend and fellow performer, Lisa Haas. They were chatting after a show. So
1: I am struggling with professional jealousy now that I'm older in a way that I haven't. So I wanted to ask you if you're also struggling with professional jealousy and what do you do and how does it make you feel and what's the solution what's the solution well, Lisa? there's a
6: couple th- uh, I mean, there's a couple things I, and I'm just redefining re-def- professional jealousy out loud meaning like somebody people in my my age range who are who are quote, unquote, making it in the biz or not in your or, age range or, or, or yeah. not in my age range making <laughs> it in the biz well there's a couple things there, the, when I was much younger like when I was in my early 20s I didn't want to admit I was jealous of anybody mm. um, I didn't want to admit and then and then as time has gone on like I hear people say things like I'm so jealous of you which is both acknowledging the jealousy and complimenting the person it is a compliment and yeah. so I like so I'm like I I was like I I should start embracing that um or they also say I'm so jelly so
1: <laughs> That makes it lighter than saying jealous all the way out
6: right right yeah. right yeah and I was like maybe that's maybe that's what I should say to people who I'm
3: jealous of and don't say anything to. Ooh, I like Lisa's idea of reframing the jealousy as a compliment and maybe making it feel lighter, you know, by being like, I'm jelly. Yeah, it really is hard to say that without smiling.
2: (laughs) Jelly, jelly, jelly. I I just love that jiggle. Mm -hmm. So good. So smooth. Great on toast. But back to serious business here. Kelly also sent us an audio diary for her step seven, Reach Out. She sent an email to three different comedians. Of the
1: three uh, that I did, you know, just emails, um, none of them have been returned in two weeks. Uh, I do, I use mail tracks and one of them uh, hasn't even been read. So in that way, like, I don't know, like, does that mean anything in particular for me? It doesn't actually, at first my feelings were hurt. And I was like, you know what? People are busy. I got lots of
3: emails. I also don't answer. Oh, no. Ugh. I know people are busy, but I've got a special message for those three people. I sure hope you are typing up your replies to Kelly this moment. Yes. Why are you not writing back, Kelly? Oh my Get God. Get on it.
2: If Kelly Dunham writes you, do you know how lucky you are that she wrote you? Why are you not care. writing back? I don't Why? care if you're on
3: vacation. I don't care if you got an out of office reply. Get on your phone and write her back. Yes.
2: But, you know, I love Kelly's perspective on this. Mm-hmm. People are busy. And just because those three particular people didn't respond to her emails, that doesn't mean she's in this alone.
3: True. And while she didn't hear back from some of those maybe flaky comedians... Can I just call them monsters? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) While she didn't hear back from them, Kelly did get a lot of support from her community during the second week when she was working through some issues on a piece she was writing.
2: When it was truly urgent, people showed up for her. Kelly has clearly helped build a great community that she can rely on for help just as much as they rely on her. So
3: good. And with that... It's time to move on to step six, role reversal.
2: So we heard that Kelly also put a little spin on this step to make it her own.
3: Kelly Dunham, rewriting steps left and right. Let's give her a call and hear what she did.
2: Hello? Hello? Yeah, hi, hey. everyone. Hey, Kelly. I hear Kelly. So, Kelly. Let's get straight to it. We heard that you went above and beyond when working on step six, role reversal. Can you tell us a little bit about this other role model you found? This is slightly embarrassing that I was watching Super Soul Sunday, but whatever. I I like.
3: Some. We've all done so. it. We all love some Oprah here. <laughs> yeah, here we all yeah, yeah. Oprah. Here
2: at We Love You oh. headquarters, we love some Oprah. So um, anyway, so I was watching Super Soul
5: Sunday, and this had this woman who uh, his name is Helen Farkas, and she's a Holocaust survivor. And I think this had been taped a while ago because she has since passed away, according to Google. But um, she wrote her first book about being a Holocaust survivor when she was over 90 years old, right? What? So, uh, and she was like, uh, not a child child, but maybe a young adult uh, in Auschwitz. So, um, and Oprah's like, so what, what the hell took you so long? You know, in <laughs> Oprah's super nice, uh, nurturing way. And she was like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready until now. Mm, wow. And now I'm ready. And the other thing she says, and, and I have to believe, this is quoting her. And I have to believe that the world was also not ready until I was ready.
2: Mm, uh, that's so. Oh, I love that. That just gave me shivers. Yeah. Uh,
5: so I have this fear. Uh, and I don't know if it's well founded, but I have this fear that uh, this is just the moment where people care about queer and trans people. Like they care about our stories for this moment. Right. And if I don't hit this moment then in 10 years, we won't be this, you know, everyone's going to have lost interest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And the truth is, this is another thing I don't have control over. You know, I'll do my best in this moment to put out what I can in this moment, the same like stuff that I've been putting out, like, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully better, you know, better quality than 20 years ago. But like, I'm just going to be putting stuff out. And then like, kind of what happens to it, I don't actually have a lot of control over that.
3: Oof, that's really heavy. And I totally know what you're talking about, especially in the stand-up and storytelling world. There are so many gatekeepers. And it can be really hard to just get yourself out in front of an audience because sometimes you truly don't have control over it.
2: But I guess the issue becomes what to do next. Is it all dire? Do you feel like that after these two weeks you've made some real changes? I really realized
5: like that I should have an agent. And I always think I can do everything myself, but of course I can't negotiate a contract better than somebody who
3: Who, like, went to school to do that and does it for a living? For a whole living. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kelly, bad news. (laughs) You didn't go to school for that.
5: And then also, I was like, you know what? I have this CD recording show coming up in September. I'm going to see if I can get a publicist for it. Yes. Yes. So I met with a publicist this last Friday and we we haven't signed the contract yet but it's in the works so uh, and it felt
3: very oh my god it felt know it's great right that's yes. so this exciting really, this is mean, so I can't wait to see the publicity <laughs> for your recording show <laughs>
5: and uh, and really that would not have happened I mean not to be like a testimonial for what, what's this called we love you and so can you that's <laughs> okay like that's the test- like
3: that's our new commercial not to be a testimonial for what's this called <laughs>
5: <laughs> Um, but it, that was a direct result because I think I, it it just became obvious to me that where I was, you know, I was like, well, I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can, but that's it. I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not doing the best we can.
2: In the grand scheme of things though, I don't really think Jolenta and I helped you so much as you helped yourself. Oh, 100%. Yeah.
3: We just, you know, gave you different ways to think about like the same questions you already were thinking about.
2: Yeah, but right. overall, and it was it was you taking care of you yeah. and um, you going out and taking all of those risks and mm-hmm. realizing how many people are cheering for you and um, and we're glad that you got to have a reminder of that that totally. so many people believe in you. Uh, well, th- thank you. Jolenta, I don't want to let Kelly go. Mm. Are the two weeks really over? Do we have
3: to let her go out and live her life? No, we can keep her here in our little pockets forever. No, wait. No, we do. We have to let her go. Mm. We have to let her be free. You know, she's a little butterfly. You know, if you love something, set it free. She's got to fly. Yeah. She's got to fly. But... I think we're leaving her in a really good place. You know, her wings are primed and ready. Not only has she added more people to her team, she's not just going it alone.
2: And I know these were big steps for her. They are for a lot of people. In my case, it took decades to get comfortable asking for help or let's be real. It's still kind of uncomfortable at Mm. times. And I don't think that's just because I'm a Midwesterner. Our wider culture really just prizes self-sufficiency. To a fault. Why do you think the self-help industry exists? Yeah, yeah.
3: Don't go to a do it therapist. Yourself. Don't ask for
2: help ever. Do you lose out for yourself. Yes,
3: seriously. And you know, in the end, she reminded us that even when we sometimes don't feel like successes, we clearly are. And maybe there are people out there dying to list all the things they appreciate about us, and that list is probably very beautiful and very long and worth laminating and carrying around. That's it for this episode of We Love You, and so can you. Our producer is Lindsay Cradwell. I'm jelly of all her skills, because she writes and records and books guests like a beast. Casey Holford mixed
2: this episode, and he composed our theme song, What a Champ, Casey.
3: Our editor is John Delore. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer, and Chris Bannon is chief content officer at Stitcher. They're all extremely accomplished and have their own Netflix specials.
2: Thanks also to Nora Ritchie, whose Netflix special is coming out soon as well. Please
3: stay in touch. Do you have a predicament you need help with? Have you dealt with professional jealousy? How do you get a Netflix special? Can you get me one or Kelly one? Let us know. Our email
2: address is weloveupod at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at pod or leave us a voicemail. We love hearing your beautiful voices. You can call us at 601-LOVE-171. That's 601-568-3171.
3: Oh, and if you want to see a picture of Kelly's notebook, check out our Instagram at pod as well.
2: Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or in Stitcher and subscribe. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing most of you are subscribed please already. subscribe. It's our bread and butter. Yes, yes, subscribe. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Tell somebody about the show who has professional jealousy. And tell Netflix about the show. You know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. We love you. And so can you.
5: Thank you all for the, for not just, like, the actual steps, but also for, like, being the people in the world who I would want to do the steps with.
3: Oh, my God. So, Stop, Stop making You're us cry. the people in the world Stop we want to do it. steps
2: with. Kelly, no. now, now we need to cry. <laughs>
3: uh, Kelly Dunham, she'll make you cry.
2: <laughs> Stitcher.